Hello, this is the National Governance Association back with Governing Chatters for the new school year. I'm Emma Knights, the Chief Executive of NGA, and I have with me uh, Steve Edmonds, Director of Advice and Guidance. Hello. And Sam Henson, Director of Policy and Information. Hi, everyone. There's so many things we could be talking about um, now after our summer summer break. So let's really try and sort of pick the big issues. I suppose we have to start by saying uh, COVID is still with us and perhaps is likely to be for for some time. Um, whereas schools, the idea is... Um, we're almost back to normal. I hate using that expression because obviously so much has changed over the last 18 months. But very much the Secretary of State is saying we want children to experience education in the way uh, they always they always have done. Um, so it remains to be seen Um whether that will play out well over the, the coming weeks. But I'm not sure that um, without being a sort of public health expert, um, I've got really want to predict uh, what's going to be happening. But I think it's fair to say, I don't know whether either of you have had any different feedback, that by and large now schools are pretty darn good at dealing with changes when it comes to COVID and that leaders with the support and challenge of their governing boards um, will do the right thing by their by their communities. It's no me easy task and I don't mean to minimise it, um, but it's very much the background that we're having this conversation against. Yeah, can we remember when COVID wasn't around? It seems yeah, such a long time ago. I think you're right. It, schools are doing what they need to do. Um, first board, first governing board meetings of the year. I'm sure it will be doing the right thing as governors and trustees, and just checking in and focusing on the COVID safety plans uh, in our schools and trusts, and and how they are uh, being managed in, in in the context of the the relaxed control measures. And the first time in a while, we haven't had these stringent control measures. But uh, you're right, it's early days, isn't it, Emma? You know, we, as much as we we hope uh, that this is going to be a year without disruption for our schools and, and for our pupils, um, it really is too early to say. Um, so let's, let's be hopeful, let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, but let's also say, I think it's really important that if infection rates uh, do begin to rise, then I think uh, our system has to be as good as our schools in, in being ready uh, and, and being ready to go beyond those measures and act decisively, whether that's through a, a you know a different contingency framework or a revised contingency framework. And perhaps, I dread to say it, uh, bring back some of those things um, uh, that we've, we've relaxed. Otherwise, um, there's going to be a, a, a more substantial impact on recovery um, than there would have been otherwise. And, and that's going to cost more time and more money and, and, and have an impact on our pupils. So, yeah, let's be optimistic. Let's be hopeful, but let's be vigilant as well. I think that's all we can do at this point. 
Absolutely. And I've, I've been really impressed by the sort of calm that's being displayed by, um, by all and sundry um, as much as possible in the, in the system. Um, and certainly we haven't been inundated, have we, with, um, with inquiries um, about COVID. People are sort of moving on to, to talk about other things. So perhaps, perhaps I'm going to uh, throw into the conversation now um, money. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of um, uh, debate in the media and elsewhere over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and in fact, this very week, we're talking about how to fund the NHS and, and, and social care. But the Institute of Fiscal Studies have produced their very, very um, uh, useful report showing what's been happening to school funding over the past, well, slightly longer than than decade, actually. And despite the increases that schools were given a couple of years ago, we are still in a position across the board where there's less funding uh, than there was um, in, in 2010. So how that plays out out um, is really quite complicated now. We have, I think, what's been called, isn't it, the recovery work that we need to fund and fund well, but we've also got other things that I know governing boards will um, will be thinking about and, and trying to make add up, uh, such as the uh, staff pay um, announcements as, as well. What... Um, what sort of words of, of, of well, I was about to say comfort, but I think possibly comfort's the, the, the wrong word to use. But, but Steve, what, what's your take on where we find ourselves at the moment with school finance? Yeah, I'm struggling to say something different, really. Or uh, I, I, I'm taken back, actually, I think two or three years, I think this is now, to something you said. I'm sure it was at one of our annual conferences. And you referred to um, a pantomime dialogue between government and the sector, uh, with with one side saying you've had you've got more money than ever before, there's enough money in the system, and the other side saying oh no there isn't. I'm not sure if I've got that the right way around, but I'm sure you remember the occasion and the uh, and the analogy. And um, this this kind of feels like just to take that analogy on. This feels like a like a long running play with the same script really uh, you've just mentioned 10, 10 years now um of real terms spending on in school uh, 10 years of a real terms reduction in, in school spending and, and I ha however we play that statement back or or contextualize it in terms of different um you know different areas of funding you know that's not a good place to be you know those cuts don't heal quickly and they're clearly going to be compounded by the pandemic and um, if there isn't the money in the system uh, to sustain uh, the type of education we want for our pupils in you know whatever, whatever their background whatever part of the country they, they live in then the whole conversation about recovery and what's needed to make up for, for this dreadful pandemic becomes even more challenging and you know the 5.8 billion that um that a highly respected group of um trust leaders and sector leaders called on the government to spend on recovery last week um i, I think he's he's needed but it's only going to be the big it's only going to have um, a, a limited impact 
if we don't get this long-term uh, sustainable investment right. Um, and perhaps you know what we what we do need is 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 some join up here, some sustainable long-term funding policy that goes alongside some real meat on the bones of what um, the current government wants for our education and school system over the next few years. We kind of know that they want um, to the academy sector, the trust sector to grow. That's the, that's their vision. Um, but the, the strategy, you know, we're talking about vision and strategy all the time at NGA, how that actually is achieved and, and a sustainable funding system that goes alongside, it's really important. And it's an opportune moment to mention this because there's a, a consultation, as you know, on the, on the uh, national funding formula, you know, how, that, how the money that is in the system is allocated fairly. And, and as an organisation, we've always been behind the principle of the national funding formula. Um, but it, they need, the government and, and the department need to get it right. Um, so there's a lot riding on this consultation, although the, the full implementation of the formula won't, won't take place for some years less yet. Um, and it, it's so important that that money that is in the system um, is shared equitably and, and disadvantaged uh, areas and deprived areas don't miss out on funding that they desperately need, which appears to be the case uh, at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward in the next couple of weeks to a meeting that we've organised with um, governors who um, sit as representatives on school forums. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting together, hopefully, uh, in, in a couple of weeks to have a meeting about their experiences and get their insight into the situation where 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 they are in their localities. Uh, and we hope that's really going to inform our own response um, to the consultation as an organisation, but always keen to hear from people who, who have a view on what we should be saying on behalf of, of governors and trustees. It's a really important conversation. It, it really is, isn't it? Because um, funding is one of those um topics that vary so much, doesn't it, from from place to place. So we can't always gener generalise about how different schools uh, at different phases are are being effective. So now I'm really, really pleased you mentioned that um, call out to any of our members who are also involved in schools forums. That would be really helpful to hear, hear about the discussions that are going on locally. And it might be worth people uh, reminding people, I'm not sure everybody's aware, that there is currently a spending review going on where every single department is putting in petitions to Treasury for uh, funding for, for coming financial years. Um, and, it, you know, it's such a huge Whitehall exercise. Um, so the Department for Education will be doing that. We know is 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 doing that for certain things. Um, but there are so many competitions from from other um, departments, yes, particularly particularly health at the moment, but so many others with 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 COVID recovery across the whole um, economy and the situation with, for example, universal credit. So I think this is going to be such a, a tough negotiating round, and um, everyone I'm sure will remember the recovery. Commissioner Sir Kevin Collins that we had for several months earlier in the year and I think I wrote quite an optimistic piece in in governing matters in the summer summer term when you know we heard how much he was bidding for for from from number 10 and of course 
didn't get that um, immediately. And I think it must be quite hard for those, um, you know, governing at school and trust level to really be able to plan ahead when we don't actually know what is coming down the track in, in terms of recovery. And you already mentioned uh, deprivation and it's something I'm sure people uh, at, at local level as well as here, us at NGA thinking about is the pupil premium and how we make sort of best best use of that because it doesn't perhaps get talked about quite as much as it used to but it's still a really really important part of our of our funding um uh, system i think sam you've you've been uh, thinking again about about that and making sure we integrate that work on on pupil premium into into the recovery mm, work absolutely absolutely i think it's something that that we've really got to make sure we're coming back to, you know, we've kind of uh, not to suggest that, that people haven't been thinking about it, but I think um, with, with so much going on over the last 18 months, um, you know, it's it's a conversation that perhaps hasn't always been as prevalent as, as it's needed to, to be. I think we are very much um, in the, in the hopefully many of you would have seen um, colleague of ours, Fiona, Fiona, she, she wrote, a great article in in governing matters on on disadvantage more more widely uh, and talked about the need the need to to think about it beyond pupil premium um so if if, if any, anyone hasn't seen that do, do have a look at that but um i think emma it, you know that's something that we're really keen to unpick and and focus a lot more on in in the coming year isn't it and, and there's the sort of issue with quite rightly has been raised by so many people. Um, actually, I have to say in the poverty sector for years and years and years, but in the school sector increasingly over over the last 18 months, the fact that there are some families that are in what's called persistent poverty. You know, they've been reliant, for example, on the benefit system for for years and years. And the situation that they find themselves in is, is different from those, for example, that get the pupil premium because they've uh, had an entitlement to free school meals once in the last the last six years. So there's lots of discussions about that. And again, we know, don't we, from talking to governors and trustees, that they're really aware of the, the, the fact that we're lumping an awful lot of, of, of children, in fact, an increasing number of children into that sort of pupil premium category. But they very much have different different needs um both in terms of their their um uh, wider life chances but also in terms of their of their learning and i think that's one of the things that fiona's been really good at sort of um uh, making uh, those stories of individual uh, pupils come come through rather than um, us talking about everybody as one big homogeneous blob yeah, that's why we do it, isn't it? It's why we govern. Um, we, we govern for, for children and young people. So um, it, 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 you're right, it's great to have those those stories and to be able to connect what we do at, at board level um, with those outcomes. And, and, you know, I know you've been a passionate advocate for pupil premium for, for a long time, Emma, and, you know, this funding can be, if it's used well and effectively, it, it can be genuinely transformative, in, you know, and in, in, in terms of life chances. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll meet our part of the deal as governors and trustees by making sure that this that this funding, you know, is spent in the best possible way and has the highest impact. And we'll strive to do that 
Um, but again, you know, this is a common theme from our com- of our conversations, isn't it? You know, the system needs to um, match our ambition uh, as well. And uh, it was really disappointing. I think that the right, you know, these are my words, these are my assessment, the rather glib uh, and cursory dismissal uh, that the department made of the the reaction to the change in the way they calculated funding this year, which means, you know, millions and millions uh, less in terms of investment that schools are going to be able to access because um, the the money has been allocated on the, the October rather than the, the January census. So there's a lot of uh, uh, children and young uh, children who, who are eligible for pupil premium. Schools won't be able to access that funding as a consequence of that changing calculation uh, and you know up and down the country that's going to have a, a real impact so again it just you know bringing a conversation back to you know the bigger funding picture and landscape it just demonstrates how important there's so many elements here that that it has to be joined up we have yeah. to you know we, we, we have a strategy and an ambition for what we want for our children and our schools over the next decade we've got to figure out how we fund that in a sustainable way in all elements and that's what I think is missing from this conversation that's why I think we get so so frustrated because we can do what we do at our level but we don't feel that the same thought uh, analysis and dare I say you know uh, you know critical thinking and challenge is taking place at the highest level about that um, which is disappointing Absolutely. And I, I sort of a plea to um, governors and, and, and trustees that actually what made the difference a couple of years ago um, was the fact that actually backbench MPs were really hearing from people right across the country, whether that was from head teachers or for governing um, uh, uh, boards. Um, and I think governors and trustees played their part at that point in, in explaining their stories to MPs. So, um, yes, Anybody who wants to make a difference in terms of that Whitehall machinery, that is a really effective way of doing it. And don't, you know, um, uh, it's really, really worth using using that route to your MP and whatever party um, they they are are part of. So uh, we definitely need schools and education and children to be to be heard. Um, well, let's move move on, shall we, from um, uh, from money. The other thing that we've got um, arriving again on the horizon, um, Sam, is Ofsted. Yeah, absolutely, um, and and I know it will be um, be greeted with a, a mixed reaction. I'm, I'm sure. Um, I think um, one thing that's worth worth saying is I know, I know quite a lot of people out there were slightly worried about how uh, Ofsted are going to arrive at their their judgments, how they're actually going to approach schools in the first place. Obviously, we have a, a hugely skewed picture now in terms of the, um, the external data available. Um, but I think it's worth, worth stressing at this point, right from the offset, that actually we, we were in very much the early stages of the, the I was going to say the, the, the new education inspection framework it's not that new uh, in terms of in terms of calendar months but it is actually quite new in terms of practice and you know how, how long it's been there and implemented because of course 
we only had a term and a bit, didn't we, of of it of it being used before before um, the the brakes were, were were put on. Um, uh, but I I think it's worth saying that the the framework was obviously designed to do something slightly different and and or rather I should say it was designed to be used in in a different way and 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 that the core of that was the fact that it was a, a new framework that wasn't reliant um in practice in theory at least on 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 data uh, so actually we we have a framework now that um uh hopefully is is very much built for the times we we find ourselves in uh, and and i know that there's still a lot of ironing out to do i think ofsted will be the first ones to to say that i think they've said that quite publicly that you know we we, they, they, we don't have a a finished article yet but but actually i think um we can we can go forwards into this academic year knowing that um ofsted uh, as as they're inspecting schools are incredibly aware of the challenges faced by schools um uh, at the moment they they're not going to go in um and uh dismiss what's happened over the last 18 months i think that's going to be very much at the core of those conversations um and i think conversations um is is the key word here um i think uh, we know that um that there are there are there are organizations there are commercial setups that that try and uh, portray this 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 image of you know you you follow what we do you would guarantee you success do things the Ofsted way there is, I mean the reality is there is no such thing um, and Ofsted will be the first to stress that um, actually conversations are at the heart of of what Ofsted um, are, are doing now and I think that's a really really positive thing I I, w- I would add Emma that you know the conversations that you and I have had with um, with Ofsted directly have been been very uh, encouraging in, in that regard and 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 actually um we um we, we've got a colleague of mine nina she's she's gonna be attending some of their training um uh this week in fact um so you, you know we, we, it's really it's really good to see how they uh, are engaging with us and 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 wider than that clearly i think um uh ofsted will will continue to divide opinion as it as it has always done we see that with our with our survey don't we people people don't dispute mm. the fact that the the judgments Ofsted come up with are are accurate what what they what they tend to dispute is the actual role of, of Ofsted full stop um and and whether that that role is is the right one that's that's a huge conversation one that we've obviously entered in, into with our own members as well at various points in in the past and yes. i think it's it's right for us to keep on coming back to and i don't know steve you if you've got any views on that on, on ofsted's role what, what you think it should be uh, yeah i i have but I'm, I'm more interested in what you were saying about conversations because i think for for many or most of our listeners um they will either have had an experience as a governor or a trustee talking you know, to inspectors or, or will be anticipating one or, you know, being pre- thinking or preparing for one in the future. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm, 
I'm interested because I think I, I'm not sure after they're quite there yet in terms of um, how they execute that, uh, th- that ambition, that intention to, you know, to hold, you know, professional conversations and, and have a constructive dialogue with governors and trustees. I can only talk about my own experiences um, and I've had different experiences in, in inspections over the years. I've, I've been a local authority officer supporting board members in very, you know, uh, specific situations that, you know, that not the norm. But mostly as a, as a governor myself, when I've attended uh, meetings with inspectors, I've gone in in that mindset that, look, you know, this is a great opportunity to showcase the, you know, the school, our work, what we're proud of, what we're acutely aware of that needs to change, how we're challenging and supporting that change positively. And I've gone in in a conversational mindset, but it's not felt like a conversation. And and actually, I'll call the inspectors out on that because I just don't think they were, you know, I choose my words carefully, really skilled or intuitive enough to hold a conversation with a, with a group of volunteers. And, you know, I'm not... And I think sometimes we kind of focus a little bit too much. I think we focus a little bit too much on the knowledge that they need to have uh, of governance, what we do, the role of governing boards, what's operational and strategic, for example, in the curriculum. And that's absolutely important. But I really hope that after the, you know we've been through this tough time of the pandemic, instead of you know of being out of action, they're coming back. I think what we've been through will kind of makes us reflect. Or we'll all reflect about our behaviours, you know, professionally and, and, and personally. So I'd like to think Ofsted come back and think about actually just how they engage, not just what they know and what they need to get out of a conversation, but the best way of doing that. Because, um, you know, inquiry skills, we talk to governors and trustees about that all the time, don't we? And we, we I was thinking about this when I was right, uh, updating Welcome to Governance. I just think that's something perhaps uh, for Ofsted colleagues to take on board. And I just wonder how much that part in their training maybe i'll talk to me yeah. about that. Yeah. it's really really interesting steve because i think um you, you know we talked we talked before about the the research we did from from that first term and a bit of the the new framework and and i think the the experiences that governors and trustees had their interactions with inspectors was quite mixed and and really reflects you know some of the points you've just shared i mean i think I I recently did um, a, w- a webinar on on Ofsted, which which um, anyone listening you can you can go in and and have a watch of that. I think one of the things I I challenged um, people on was was just to remember that uh, you, you know don't don't be scared of inspectors in terms of their knowledge of governance. Actually, you know if if we if we're really doing our job and we're going in, in empowered as as um, confident governors and trustees who who know what we're there to do, then actually we've, we've, we 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 are empowered to to turn around to inspectors if they're leading us in the wrong direction and and to say, well, hang on, yeah. that's that's got nothing to do with me or or not not it's got nothing to do with me, but it's that's not governance. Let's you know keep yeah. it keep it centered, and I think that's really important. Don't yeah. don't be afraid, you know, don't don't be afraid of inspectors. At the end of the day, they're people; they are there to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm really I'm really pleased you mentioned that, Sam, because that's exactly what I was going to pick up with a with a plug to your to your webinar. But uh, and I think and. Um, I think you're both absolutely right in saying that, but we all know it's slightly different, don't we, when it's in perhaps your first time that you've ever experienced an Ofsted inspection. And I and educationalists hold 
Ofsted in um, incredibly high esteem isn't the right expression, but of great, great import. And and therefore Ofsted assumes this sort of, I don't know, magistry, mystery that that perhaps it, it shouldn't. And we always argue, don't we, at, at, at an NGA that it absolutely um, uh, shouldn't. But I think it's really important that we do that, you know, all power to your, your elbow um, argument. And I think that um, in fact, uh, uh, Nina was also on that initial podcast, wasn't she? Right at the very beginning, when yeah. we when we launched View from the Board, and and you know, you and Nina would be really interested in hearing any more stories or reports that come back um, from those that are inspected in this in this coming um, term, because yeah, there's there's always room for improvement in those conversations, and I can just imagine people listening to us all going, "Well, what do they know?" that's not how it felt that's not how it's felt to me and so it'd be really really good to get um an up-to-date view of 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 what's what's happening so yes Ofsted another thing that may be coming your way this term or this school um school year but um what else uh, have you been um uh, thinking about over the summer working on um over the summer what's what, what's been important uh, to you Steve well, I think I'll start with um, our, our work on the on guidance and, and updating the knowledge centre, and the, and the production line continues to to move, and have you know didn't grind to a halt during the, the summer months. We've we've produced uh, lots of, of new content, and there's and there's more to come. So um, people listening, look out for for guidance uh, on on careers that's uh, coming uh, careers education that's uh, coming very soon an update an update to our guidance and I Sam and I just going back to our previous conversation we'll be checking in very shortly to talk about um, the update to our guidance for our members on on preparing for Ofsted although that kind of goes against the the grain of what we were saying you, you know what I mean um, so there's lots, there's lots of exciting things in the pipeline, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you in, in future podcasts. But um, we've been busy throughout the summer producing guidance, um, and I'll start with the staple show. The code, of, the, the the model code of conduct, which is one of our most popular uh, resources, uh, and uh, is used and adapted by governing boards up and down the country at the start of the academic year, just to reinforce those principles. That's out now, and uh, we're pleased with the feedback we've had on the adaptations to, to that. But perhaps at the forefront of everything we've done this summer is the governing, uh, the changes we've made to the governance skills audit, which you know is probably, I think, statistically our most popular uh, resource. And prepared to be corrected on that, but I, I think I'm right. Uh, so very excited to talk about that. But I'll, I'll ask you two first, or uh, uh, so I'll probably start with you, Sam. Do you, do you do skills all these? What do you think of them? Because I've got a view on them. I don't know what you. What's your experience of, of completing skills audits? Have you have you found that? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely do do them. Um, uh, very mixed experience, if I'm totally honest with you, Steve. Um, depending where I've governed in the past, um, I've definitely had experiences where, um, I, I, and if I'm honest, this has probably been the majority of that that experience where um you you complete them and then you're not quite sure what happens to them uh, you know that that's that's been an uh, you know uh, uh, that's an honest reflection um 
of what, what I've been through in, in the past. That's not that's not been my most recent experience. Actually, my most recent experience is much more positive in that well, we know what is happening with with that information. We can see where it's it's being used. Um, you know, and and I think that's part of the challenge there, isn't it? I think in the in the past you know some people got quite used to skills audit almost becoming a compliance uh, tick box mm-hmm. exercise and it absolutely isn't that i think actually you know to do it well we've we've got we've got to use that that information and um you know i, I think it's actually quite important to communicate that with everyone on the on the board make, making making it clear why why you're bothering to actually spend time completing it in the first place absolutely yeah, I... and it, it, sorry Steve, i was just going i was just going to say there's also um, uh, the, the issue of self-assessment and reflection, and some people are better at that than others, or some people are harder on themselves than others. I remember and this goes back some time um, now, but a couple of times I've been the person pulling together uh, results, thinking, you know, knowing the people around the table and thinking, hmm, that's not how I would have assessed them um, relatively. But the other reason I'm really, really pleased you've chosen to talk about this, Steve, is, you know, bringing us bang up to, to, to date with last term when we published the increasing participation um, in, in governance report, um, which was really looking at underrepresented groups in, in particular. And we came up with so many ideas about uh, what people needed to do in order to think about this. And obviously, looking at who you've got around the table is such an important starting point. So from, from that whole um, encouraging people not to be a afraid of discussing their backgrounds uh, as well I'm, I'm I'm really pleased at the conversations you've all been having um, and not just amongst the staff group is it Steve you've been talking to other other members um, as well about these issues it, it, it's interesting you both say that um, I've just written a blog on this issue uh, which I think has just been published on our website and um, those sentiments are, are very much the sentiments of, of the blog. I've never been fully convinced by skills audit. It's you know, not, not a great starting point if you're responsible for um, developing the content of, of NGAs. I, I appreciate that. But it, it's, not the princi- it's not the principle or the intention, what they're intended to, you know, to do, which is to you know, identify areas for development and um, provide a basis for action. It's just, as you've said, Sam, I've never in my experience, both, you know, as a participant or as somebody evaluating them, ever really found them that helpful, um, you know, in, in, and, and given me a clear picture of, uh, of what uh, I need to do individually or what the board needs to prioritise. And I think you're right. It, it, that isn't the case everywhere. There are some really smart uh, approaches that boards take, but I think the I think uh, there are too many examples of, of boards being hamstrung by the by the format and the um, and 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 the setup of skills audits because they you know they're wedded very much to the competency framework for governance and perhaps that's a topic of another podcast we could really unpick what we think about the competency framework. So what we try to do this year, um, because. We, we sat down with an ambition, really, just to make this uh, process more intuitive. Uh, and, and as 
uh, Emma said, empower or impart a sense of ownership and direction really to help individuals and boards act upon them so they're much more likely not to gather virtual dust uh, you know, on, a, on a virtual shelf somewhere. Um, so that was, that was our ambition. We were delighted to find uh, you know, a whole uh, range of uh, governance trustees, governance professionals who shared that ambition and were prepared to join us on a focus group and talk to us about how we can achieve it. So we've made lots of uh, exciting changes to the skills audit um, as, as a result. We've introduced guidance notes and we've adjusted the scoring system just to allow for those consistent more intuitive evaluations we've replaced the matrix with um, a dashboard um, that allows governing boards or those evaluating to see the the results and the trends and patterns much more clearly and then we add some advice in for, for what they might do uh, to provide a meaningful response but yeah, I think the change we're most uh, proud of, I think the change we think is the most important is that new section that Emma mentioned, um, uh, which provides an opportunity to evaluate experience and understanding uh, of, of communities that, that the boards serve and, and the capacity to promote that uh, inclusive culture. Um, and so we're really looking forward to seeing how the skills audit lands and, and how the results have been being used and um, how we can take it on another stage next year um, to, to build on that. But um, really, uh, I started this from a sceptical uh, standpoint. I'm, not, I'm, I'm still a bit sceptical about them, but I feel a lot more positive about their value um, when I started this process and you know, linking it to, to what we're here to do. So it's been interesting. I'm looking forward to... Uh, hearing some more comments on it. Well, I hope by the end of the year, we can completely convert you, Steve, to their usefulness. And it is, I think, important that, that people think about it in all sorts of different ways, isn't it? It's not just important in terms of recruiting to those gaps so that as a team, you cover um, as far as possible all the things you possibly can, um, but also about your own development needs um and then lastly and i we know from our survey work that um uh, boards do think about this but if you have committees who goes where on 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 committees and playing to people's strengths and then developing those that are feeling you know that they're not um uh, they don't know enough to, to to participate um fully so yes please let us know you can tell from that we're absolutely open to um to all to all comments um, so what about you, Sam, with your oversight of our work on multi-academy trusts? Um, that's been taking up some of your thinking mm. recently, as always. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we've got um, got a really busy term in terms of um, what we will be doing and, and indeed what we were doing during during the summer. I guess the, the, the big headline at is the the release of um, our latest edition of, of Welcome to a Multi-Academy Trust, our induction guide for, for new trustees in a Multi-Academy Trust. So really, really pleased that we've got that finished. That will be um, available for, for people to, to, to dig into. Um, we have a, a, a quite a succinct new format to that and re really gets to the, to, the, to the bottom of what trustees really need to know. Um, uh, and I think, you know, if, if you're if you're a new mat trustee or just a, a, 
a mat trustee that, that wants to uh, re- refresh yourself on certain things it's it's um it's a, a fairly comprehensive guide a reference point um that, that we think it you know deals with with the, the key things and i think it's worth saying on on that emma that that very much builds on um a, a huge wealth of um uh, of, of history we have in working with matt so over the last decade um and um you know we, we continue to do that and you, you know our, our work on on mats for 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 the next term is is testament to that really we have a number of events we've you know we've got um some some new guidance we're doing with brown jacobson on on that mergers um so i think that's going to be be something that will be really informative for the for the sector uh overall so yeah lots and lots keeping us busy um they're just a few snapshots really but um uh, I think you know, just on the the welcome to a multi academy trust point. I think it's you know, there's lots of lots of um, uh, work going on at the moment up and down the country for for boards. Whether you're a maintained school or a or a, or a mat who are inducting new new people to your board, and I think it's just a quick shout out for for induction. The the importance of that, you, you know, a guide is part of the process. It's not all of it. I think it has to go beyond that. So. Um, uh, I know yeah. that's important to lots of people. It is indeed, and it keeps coming at us, isn't it, through all sorts of different projects we're 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 running. So again, talking again about that increasing participation, um, it was very sobering how many of our new um, uh, governors and trustees hadn't been inducted well. So we have got a whole um, range of, of of resources which don't just point to, to NGA um, content, but also to how much can be done within your school and trust and need needs to be done within your school and trust because it's very particular, but also um, local local networking and provision um, as as well. So yes, I think that's really going to be something we talk about um, quite a lot. We, also because we introduced last uh, term the Welcome to Governance live sessions which are meant to be complementary or are complementary to those written guides and again complementary to what you'll be getting um, at your at your school and and trust level so if you're if you're a gold member please please make sure that your new um, members uh, take part in that because it is it is free um, and we're always looking at you know what can we do that add values to whatever you're you already get or is already um, available out there and there was a, a clear need for more more induction material and what we've done for those is made sure that we do four different sessions so one for those who are on multi-academy trust boards one for those governing at local level within mats one for um, single academy trust trustees and of course for the maintained uh, sector um, and those governing there and I, I just really want to to reiterate the fact that I hope comes over loud and clear from NGA every time we speak to you um, but we're absolutely conscious of those you know four different roles and that sometimes we talk about trust an awful lot because they're always evolving and we don't want to do that at the expense of actually maintaining um, good governance or improving governance in in the maintained um, uh, sector. So as well as those induction sessions for new folk, we've also got our leadership forums, 
coming up um, this month. And again, they are also segmented uh, by um, uh, by type of school. So uh, Sam and Brad Jacobson will be talking about the merger guidance at the um, Mats and Sats forum. But um, in the maintained forum, we're going to be talking about collaboration, different sorts of um, collaboration. So please do join us uh, for those there um, uh, late afternoon, uh, 4.30 to 6 o'clock. And we very much pull on the experience of others um, who've actually been through um, the, the process. Um, and probably just a last plug before we sign off today. I'm sure that many of you out there will be involved in either your um, chief executive or your head teacher performance appraisal. And so that's another um, uh, topic we'll um, hope to be talking to members about this um, term. And we have a webinar coming up very shortly on that um, very, very topic. But we have both um, guidance and learning link modules on that. It's perhaps something we don't talk about enough, but it's such a critical um, role that the those that governing um, play. And if we, you know, get get that right, we're a, we're a long way to getting um, governance governance right. So thank you both um, for um, joining me in the um, in our chat uh, today. Um, we hope to be um, bringing in other uh, voices this this term um, to have a real range of, of people talking about um, issues that are affecting them. So, but in the meantime, um, uh, it's goodbye from uh, me and Steve. Bye. And Sam. See you, everyone.